The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. All right. I think we're into what week three it seems of you know following the rules that have been put in place from the province and uh, from the federal government uh, going into maybe even the fourth week now time seems to be a, a little bit of a different thing anymore to be honest with you and I know a lot of you are watching a lot of different shows and trying to figure out what to do on the weekend what should you be watching what shouldn't you well you know what we thought we would just break things up a little bit and it is Friday afternoon we are going into the weekend you might be wondering, hey, is there anything out there that I haven't watched uh, yet that I should? Well, we thought we would give our movie critic Steve Stebbing a call this afternoon and get some recommendations from him. Hi, Steve. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. All right. So um, how have you been holding up first off? Uh, It's been weird. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm on week two uh, of my layoff slash uh, self-isolation here. Uh, and I'm in Penticton, just in the, you know, in the Okanagan here. And, uh, I mean, it's already a quiet town, so it's not, like, a lot that, a lot that I've witnessed has changed. But just, uh, I'm not going out, really. So that's no. different. Well, that's what we're supposed to be doing. So, uh, Steve, I want to start with some of the stuff that's on television, and we're going to start with Ozark Season 3. They moved here to start over, and it's been hard. Wendy? Sometimes, if you don't move forward, you die. If we had just kept our heads down, Wendy... There's nothing we can do about that now. We're committed. Steve, this was uh, really anticipated, I think, uh, yeah, season three. I haven't watched any of it. I have a bit of an idea of what it's about, though, but uh, a lot of people have been waiting uh, for this one to get out there, and, and now it's here. Yeah, exactly. It just debuted on Friday, of course. Uh, the people that were already uh, on it, uh, you know, had already watched season one and season two. They burnt through it probably by Saturday, we'll say. Uh, but, yeah, if you haven't started this one yet, it's so well done. Jason Bateman, uh, uh, besides uh, starring in it, uh, shoulders a lot of this himself because he's a producer on it. He directs a whole bunch of the episodes. But, basically, he plays a financial advisor uh, that unknowingly has has been fudging numbers for the cartel for a long time and uh, finds this out basically as his associates are being murdered in front of him by the the cartel. Uh, It is an insanely fast-paced show uh, and he is a crazily fast talker that seems to backpedal out of dangerous situations into new deals all the time and uh, yeah, I don't want to give too much away for this. This is just a really cool show. So one of the top on your list? Yeah. Definitely. Okay. All right. Ozark season three. Okay. We. I promised Chedville that we would talk about it this week. Tiger King on Netflix. It's not every day that a zookeeper went to prison for murder for hire. There are more captive tigers in the U.S. than there are in the wild throughout the world. Animal people are nuts, man. They're all crazy. I'm sure y'all got a story to tell. 
Oh, man, oh, man, Tiger King. Everyone is talking about this, Steve. It's absolutely unreal. I finally got talked into watching an episode last go. night of it. I watched actually two episodes, and my husband looked over at one point and says, what's the matter with your face? And I said, what do you mean? He says, the look on your face. He says, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, it's, 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 it's craziness, but it also really hurts my animal heart. If you're an animal lover, this one might be a little tricky for you. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a, a big part of it that is deterring people from watching it. But, I mean, this is this is a show full uh, of real people that are, are, are honestly comic book villains. It's, it's crazy. Uh, I mean, this is like uh, the Coen brothers wrote this on meth. It is, it is just <laughs> like an insane story of, of, of just just weirdo wacko characters with weird um, goals and orientations and everything and I mean like Joe Exotic and Carol Baskins and and, and all the other characters that come into this it's just every time they add a character is just a new layer of weird it is like the grossest but most intriguing trifle you'll ever see in your life well, and then here's the thing: it's 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 true stories too. It's it's not a made-up fake story. This is a like a documentary series, yeah. and to me, that was the part of it that just kind of kept hitting me over the head last night when I was watching it. And the thought that there were that many exotic animals being mm-hmm. kept in America, I was like, what? Well, yeah. You know, I learned a little bit, but it was shocking as well. Absolutely, and to know that these guys, the the, the filmmakers, the documentary makers on this never intended to make this story. This isn't the story that they wanted to make. They were basically talking to snake handlers in Florida, essentially, of how they started out this, and then they are basically told uh, about Joe Exotic's uh, quote-unquote zoo, and the rest is now Netflix history. So is this a six episodes? Uh, seven. Seven episodes. Seven episodes. Okay. Five more. I'll see if I can get through another one. Okay. <laughs> Three is crazy. Three and four are insane. Like, I, I really? I, I cannot uh, undersell that. Three and four, I think, might be the best of the whole series. Really? Okay, so episodes three and four. All right, well, I guess I know what we're doing on this Friday night. Let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk, Steve, about Westworld season three. I was born into this world, and my first memories of it are pain. For my kind, there was one place we were never allowed to go. One place we were never allowed to see. Your world. Uh, Steve, I have to tell you, I think I've sat through one episode of Westworld, and again, it was one of those ones that just played with my mind, but it's been away for a couple of years now. It's back. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's it's deeply cerebral sci-fi film. Of course, this is uh, a takeoff of the 1970s uh, Michael Crichton movie of the same name, and I, yeah, I mean, this the, the show plays with so many elements. Uh, like, like I said, deep sci-fi. It's also a character a, a very very much a character drama and uh you know the revealing of all these characters is always really interesting but it's also like kind of like a cautionary tale about ai and the advancements in technology mm. okay uh you you really you really enjoy this show 
Yeah, I do. I do. I, there's a lot of people that fell off the wagon because they're like, oh, two years, I can't do it. I don't know what the, what the heck's going on in the show anymore. I've been I've been waiting with bated breath for this this uh, this show to, to return because uh, it's one of those lightning in a bottle HBO shows that uh, I, I really even think transcends the time that it's made. All right, we're talking about uh, shows on television that you can watch, that you can catch up on with Steve Stebbing. It's at the home box office. Uh, with your takes on what you and your family can enjoy uh, this weekend as we continue to self-isolate, um, let's get to this one. I am not okay with this season one. My name is Sydney. Boring 17 year old white girl. I'm not special. Yippee. Might help with your moods. I keep losing my temper. I don't want to, but it just spills out. Hey, Sid. Hey, Stanley Barber. He lives down the street from me. Shoes. My best friend is Dina. She's dating golden boy Bradley Lewis. Do you ever smile? Anyway, my dad died last spring. And now everything's so different. So, Steve, is this geared directly to teenagers? I think this is uh, teenagers uh, and people that were really into shows like uh, The End of the Effing World or uh, Stranger Things who are, I mean, those guys produced this show as well. Uh, but I, I really like it because it's just got this sardonic kind of teen sarcasm to it that I, I, and it's got like a certain nihilism that I really dig that is also true with uh, The End of the Effing World, another great show. Uh, but it's really uh, all about uh, the lead here, Sophia Lillis, who is in both uh, It Chapter 1 and Chapter 2, uh, who plays the lead character, Sydney, who's going through uh, the death of her father, puberty, dealing with cliques in her high school, and now mysterious superpowers that she just seemed to develop overnight. All right. Okay. Um, superpowers overnight. I think that is puberty. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, number five on this list, Hunters Season 1 on Amazon Prime. We had the camps together. She was through all that just to be shot in her living room by Virgo. It sounded like she knew him. It sounded personal. Yeah. I suppose every mother is personal. You know what the best revenge is? Revenge. Your grandmother wished to protect you. From what? Nazis, Jonah. Steve, that sounds like Pacino. It is, yeah. Pacino uh, is is uh, kind of one of the supporting leads in this one. As uh, this takes place in 1977 in New York City, and he uh, he's the guy that's putting together a secret group of Nazi hunters that are uh, employed to uh, take down war criminals and uh, and uh, foil their plans to make a Fourth Reich. And I mean, it's a 10 episode series that uh, is well produced by uh, Amazon Prime, uh, as well as uh, Jordan Peele is one of the producers on this one. Um, I, I dig this series for the most part. I have my issues with the finale and how they decided to end off, but um, it's a real fun ride getting there. And I mean, the cast around, Al Pacino is really great. Uh, Logan Lerman's really good in this one. Saul Rubinek, a Canadian actor. And Josh Radner, who people may know as Ted from How I Met Your Mother. Oh man, does yeah. he look different in this show, though. <laughs> 
All right. So, okay, there's five from television that you've uh, suggested. Let's take a break here. Uh, Steve Stebbing, uh, Stebbing, our movie critic, joining us this afternoon. We'll take a break here when we come back. The recommendations from Steve uh, that you can watch video on demand. Stay with us a little, a little, a few ideas to help you get through your social distancing weekend. Stay with us. It's, uh, it's uh, coming up to 2.50. Steve Stebbing, our movie critic, joining us this afternoon. You can check out more of his uh, thoughts at stevestebbing.com. You can follow him on Twitter at the Steve Dead. Uh, we're talking now about the things that you can find on video on demand. Steve, let's start with Slay the Dragon. As important as 2008 was, 2010 was to be a more important election. 2010 is a census year, and we redistrict every state and congressional seat following the census. You win state legislation in 2010, you get to draw the new maps that control all the elections over the next decade. The winner is predecided just by the way that the districts are drawn. Steve, you you really like this one, Slay the Dragon, yeah. saying it was a real eye-opener, and you, and you learned something from it. Yeah, well, I mean, just because uh, we're watching all these Netflix shows and, and movies and all this kind of stuff and trying to get caught up in, in everything, it uh, doesn't mean that we can't learn a little at the same time. And with this documentary, you learn just how gerrymandering is effectively choking the American electoral system. Uh, and, I mean, it's a subject that was, like, kind of broached by uh, John Oliver's uh, last week tonight. He did a little segment on it, but this is, like, a full-on crash course with an example of exactly how gerrymandering uh, stole a lot of uh, a lot of elections in 2012, kind of setting up, you know, uh, 2016 in, in, in happening. And, uh, yeah, it, it's an amazing documentary. I, I feel a lot better for watching it. I think it kind of should be mandatory in the States to watch it. All righty. So there's that one. And then let's go on to Vivarium. Welcome to Yonder, a wonderful development. It has all you'd need and all you'd want. Number nine. Number nine is not a starter home. This house is forever. Play for a boy. Do you have children? No. It's not exactly what we're looking for. That guy was so strange. Yeah. Wait. No, no, I don't think this is the right way. Yeah, this is the way we came in. Number nine again. Did we just do some kind of loop? How if we just... Want me to drive? Such a joke. Because I think this is not possible. We can't make turns like this over and over. We have gone this way, Tom. It is called... Vivarium and uh, Steve, you said you really liked it. It's uh, you described it kind of as a nightmare Twilight Zone episodes, and yeah. it just really appealed to you. Yeah, it's 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 a creepy movie. It's basically uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Imogen Poots play a young couple looking to uh, get their first home. They end uh, one of those kind of pop up shops, and the guy's like, "Yeah, follow me. I'll, I'll give you a tour." And they get into this neighborhood. The the guy that's giving them the tour disappears, and then they're basically kind of locked in this purgatory like neighborhood uh always circling back to the same uh the same condo number nine and it's oh this movie's so weird it's it, it's just led by a brilliant performance by Imogen poots uh i mean it, it, it's it's really kind of brash and it, it it's uh and it is creep out factor so if you're not into that type of movie you'll want to skip this one you say um, this next one that we're going to talk about is the movie that got the right all riled up before anyone had ever seen a single frame of it. It is called The Hunt. What is happening? 
What is all of this? Did you see that article? Every year, these liberal elites kidnap a bunch of normal folks like us and hunt us for sport. The last I heard, free speech still exists. Don't First Amendment me. It wasn't real. We're joking. There's been a killing spree. You gotta come here right now. You actually believed we were hunting human beings for sport. But you are. Okay, Steve, you have to tell me what this is about. It kind of reminds me of a book that I read when I was a kid in in school, but this one just seems a little out there. Yeah. This is this is the the deadliest uh, the deadliest game or surviving the game, however you want to look at it. This is hunting humans for sport on a heightened and more political level. Uh, as a corporation, you know, uh, gathers basically fodder for hunters to, to shoot, whether they're uh, you know MAGA hat wearing crazy people or whether they're uh, you know the the quote unquote liberal snowflakes. Uh, and yeah, so this is basically uh, that meets the purge in a total satirical heightened world uh it's got glows betty gilpin in it uh, ike Barinholtz is in this one hillary swank is one of your evil people in this one and it's really? it, the movie's fun i i mean like i think people when it was initially supposed to release in september and it got canceled out of uh controversy i think because nobody had seen it yet i think people were just reading way hard into the premise and, and not willing to give the movie a chance and effectively it got canceled until it's short-lived release in, in March before uh, the speeders got shut down. All right, so it's called The Hunt. Steve, we have time for one more, and let's do a Disney product. How about Onward? In times of old, the world was full of wonder and magic. But times change. I'm a mighty warrior! Morning, Mom! Hey, birthday boy! By the laws of yore, I must dub thee a man today. Kneel before me. That's okay. I have a gift. From your dad. He just said to give you this when you were both over 16. <gasps> no way! It's a wizard staff. Dad was a wizard! What? Your dad was an accountant. This spell brings him back. For one whole day, dad will be back. What? Back? Like back to life? That's not possible. It is with this. I'm gonna meet dad. Oh, Steve Stebbing joining us. Uh, that was Onward from Disney, and you said this is just good, like a perfect family film. It's just such a sweetheart movie. Uh, Chris Pratt and Tom Holland are the lead voices in this one. Their mom is played with Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And basically it's about the, the family dynamic or feeling like you're missing something in your family dynamic and, and trying to, to get that back. And I mean, a lot of people weren't too enthused with the trailers, but honestly, I, I think the movie was a lot better than the trailers led anyone to believe because I saw this one uh, in theaters uh, before the shutdown. And I really, really, really dug it. And let's face it, even when Pixar doesn't hit the mark, it's still way better than most other animated films anyway. Uh, just before we let you go, and we don't have time to play the trailer for this one, but I know that uh, you were talking about this one. Um, so just quickly, Daniel isn't real. Sound? You said it's getting a lot of buzz. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it's a creeped out little movie about a about a guy that is going through some serious family trauma and kind of brings back his childhood friend Daniel into his mind, his imaginary friend who is now a little more murderous this time around. Mm. Oh, my goodness. All right. Steve, can we find this full list at your website? 
Yeah, I can I can put it up at uh, stevestepping.ca. I can have that whole list up there. Stevestepping.ca. All right, Steve Stebbing. Thank you for this. Have a have a great weekend watching whatever you're going to watch. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. You too. Stay safe. Thank you. That is our movie critic, Steve Stebbing, with his list of suggestions. Actually, there were a lot more. We just went through about half of them, but you can check it out, stevestebbing.ca. You can follow him at the Steve Dead on Twitter.